Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, Jordan, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. Week's going okay? Week's going great. And uh, what a weekend to have uh, or to be passed. Yes. With, uh, the first World Cup in Autope. Absolutely. The it first was a good uh, one. Hopefully not the last. Yeah, I I definitely, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say how much of it was based on, you know, seeing a crowd again. I mean, there was mm-hmm. some crowd in Contiolati, but it definitely felt uh, bigger in uh, Autope. Uh, I don't know how much that influenced my pure enjoyment of it, but uh, I I think it's definitely a, an event that I would like to see come back in the coming years for sure. Absolutely, no, I thought they were fantastic. Um, the the crowds, I don't know what those horns were. They were they were blowing, but they were uh, they were they were excited about it all yeah all weekend long. Yeah, and it, it uh, I don't know from what from the shots I got and stuff. I mean, it it definitely looked like there were a lot of German and French fans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just noticed there seemed to be a lot of just families with the kids and, and just uh, out for a, for a nice day on the weekend and just seemed to be a lot of enjoyment. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it's a, it's a nice break from uh, how things not too far from you, from uh, mm-hmm. Estonia are, are going. So uh, yeah, that just it was a wonderful weekend race weekend. Yeah, it was, it was mm-hmm. really enjoyable. And, and like you said, just having the, I mean, part of it's just having the crowds, but these were just uh, really spectacular crowds. The weather was great. You know, it was, it was sunny out, which, you know, just was, was nice to, nice to see, nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, and, and, and everybody was really enthusiastic. I mean, I know we'll touch on this later, but uh, it seemed like the athletes were really appreciative of the crowds and, and uh, all the support they were getting too. That was yeah. Now that you mentioned it, it was definitely something that stood out. That a lot of athletes just seemed really happy. Where mm-hmm. I, th- I thought in Contiolati, the the general um, senses I got from from the athletes were that they were just really tired, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure they're still very tired. But uh, yeah, they just I saw a lot of people smile and and just yeah, be be happy and a lot of you know people athletes bowing and clapping to the public at the finish line yes. if they weren't going for a sprint with somebody else and yeah, absolutely it seemed a genuinely happy crowd and, and happy athletes yeah oh 100 yeah. percent. like i said I, I i think that they're on the schedule in a few years but i, I would be quite happy if this was a, a semi-regular stop for them oh for sure yeah yeah. Although, and, if you ask me which one would you skip, then I'm not sure what I would answer. Oh, of course, right? Yeah, I just <laughs> they can they can add a stop, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I was going to say, I think the the athletes enjoyed it too. I think this was some of the best shooting of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it the second race, the women's sprint, where there was uh, more wind than all the other races? I think yes, yeah. Um, because I think uh, the the early early starters. Um, had a little bit more wind and uh that might have played into some of the some mm-hmm. of the results talking about results do you want to uh, not go through every uh every ranking and everything of every race but uh, maybe a couple of things that stood out both in a positive and maybe a, a not so positive way yeah sure overview of the week 
So uh, starting with the, we we led off with the um, with the men's sprint, and uh, Quinton Fiume just continued to dominate. Yeah, he just uh, continues to rack up his wins, and looks so so uh, calm and collected about it too. Oh yeah, he just, just he completely expects it now. Yeah, which he should because he's won what nine times. I mean, it's it's a huge number this year. Yeah, yeah, I know it's very impressive what he's doing. Absolutely. Let's have to see. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say he he wrapped up the. Was it after the sprint race he wrapped up the Crystal Globe? I believe so. Yeah. 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 He did it with the win. That's the way to do it. Yeah, and it probably helped. I didn't really look, but uh, I think his opponents in the uh, Globe were not doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. Jacqueline did what thirty second or something, and and um, and Samuelson was eighteenth. Yeah. So yeah, so he, he probably helped him too, but yeah, I he mean, got maximum points, and uh, he he was that's a pretty big, uh, pretty good. The rest of you guys advantage. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, other than that, was happy to see uh, signs of the Lagrite we got to mm. know last season. Uh, yes, his uh, I guess his normal self. Although you know, you kind of have to average two seasons out, I guess, for the normal Lagrite, but. Uh, no, it was nice to see him shoot clean, and uh, his speed is his speed has been good, and basically mm-hmm. since the Olympics. So, um, just nice for him to uh, see it all come together. Yes, yeah, he looked really good. Um, yeah. you know, and and that's probably what I would have expected to see all year long. Um, so, you know, it, I'm sure there's some growth that he's going through, and and you know, I, I'm not going to expect him to win the Crystal Globe or be in the top two next year, but. I think we'll we'll see many more top five finishes from him next year than we did this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of of things that uh, I think we spoke about it in a previous podcast. There's just a lot of of uh, other things than purely skiing coming coming towards him right now, and the press mm-hmm. has more attention for him and and, and the media, and yeah, just uh, a bit of a different year for him, and it's part of the growing process. Not to take us too far down a tangent, but I, I just had this thought. Um, I wonder if it would have been easier for him to be, say, Czech or, you know, uh, some some other. I think being in Norway, you just are going to have more attention on you, um, more press, more expectations. Yeah. And I just I wonder if you had been from somewhere else, if that would have been a little a little easier for him. I don't know. I, I it, Being that good at that young of an age is going to be you're going to get attention no matter what. Yeah, and, and I think although for a lot of non-Norwegians, um, it came as a bigger surprise than uh, for a pe- people in Norway that are into biathlon because they probably saw him coming through the uh, mm-hmm. youth and junior and and, um, and RBU Cup levels. So, um, yeah, he must have been under under the lens for for quite a couple of years already. I would mm-hmm. assume. Yeah. But, yep. Now just doing it on the big stage. Yep. I'll be back. He'll be back, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would bet on it. Um, and uh, and Dole, continuing uh, his his good form that he started to show back in, uh, was it Anholtz, um, mm-hmm. you know, with another podium. Yeah. It's good yeah, to see. Yeah, definitely. Sorry? Well, I was just saying it's good to see. We're seeing uh, the, the year started sort of uh, with an absence of Germans, and, and now we're seeing uh, a whole motley crew of them, you know, popping up near the top. 
I know, yeah, and and on the women's side as well. We'll we'll get into that later, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, three Germans in the top seven, absolutely, uh, pretty decent. And uh, yeah, Roman Rees fifth, and Eric Lesser seventh with uh, one miss actually. Yeah, if he didn't have a miss, he was thirty point eight seconds behind, so he could have top five, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Have challenged uh, Fiomaye a little. Well, that might be pushing it, but yeah, it could have been close to Legree. <laughs> hey, and then on uh, on sixth position, Strolia. Yes, Lithuania. That was uh, very cool to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, step on myself a little bit. I was gonna mention him later as one of my favorite things from the weekend. Um, mm. I, I've enjoyed him this season. Uh, he's a Lithuanian, uh, very non traditional country, and uh, he had that moment. I think this was back in Anholtz during the mass start when uh, Smolski stepped out of his ski and uh, right. Strolia bent down, picked it up, and handed it back to him. Yeah. Uh, it was just a, it was just a very cool moment, and so I've just you know he he stood out to me then, so I've just uh, kept an eye on him, and um, yeah, so it was really nice to see him get another another top finish. I think, Absolutely. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, something about him uh, this week, and he has had. Um, just this season, uh, he's 29, but he's had uh, six of his seven best ever races this year. So that's cool, uh, right? Pretty good little season, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, nice. Oh, and the, the other thing is, I don't know if anybody saw him in the mass start, but he he ended up dead last. He was 30th of 30, but uh, coming down the finish, we were talking about athletes thanking the fans. He collected uh, three different flags. There was a, a Lithuanian flag, an Estonian flag, and a uh, Ukrainian flag and yeah he was waving them all down the finish I thought that was pretty neat that was very neat yeah 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 and I, I mean I don't know much about the Baltic states but uh, I can imagine that they're they're mm-hmm. relatively close to each other not geographically but just uh have a lot in common yeah and, and I would imagine especially at this particular time in yeah, yeah. history as well yeah. so. anybody else who stood out Benny Benny beard Benny Way beard good. Oh eight, man, eight spot. Yeah, it's nice to That's, see. Uh, top ten. Yeah, a pretty good finish for him this year. I'm glad. I'm glad he got another top ten before uh, before he closes his career out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about uh, Stalder. Uh, was it last episode or two episodes ago from Switzerland? And he finished in twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah, he had a good That's race too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a, a good a good race for him personally. So always fun to see. Another thing yeah, that I think he was in up and coming, right? Yeah, sure was. Yeah, so. I think there were there were a huge number of men who shot ten for ten in this race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was pretty wild. Yeah. Want to move on to the women? Anybody who stood out there? Ah, yeah. Well, Julia Simone. I mean, she had mm-hmm. when she's good, she's good. Yeah, <laughs> and she was very good. Um, speaking of uh, of shooting perfect. Um, she actually didn't and still won, uh, which, uh, you know, the shooting wasn't quite as good for the women. We mentioned the wind, you know, being a little more blustery, but, um, you know, usually for Simone, it's when she shoots clean that she's going to be excellent. And you mm-hmm. know, from nine for 10, she was very fast and she won pretty, pretty handily 11 seconds over, over, uh, over Vogt. Yeah, and what uh, I mean, for a long time, I I was really crossing my fingers that uh, Fog could have her first, uh, first place, but yes, uh, 
that wasn't in the in the cards eventually, but uh, still her first podium with the second place is uh, you know in your first year on the tour. Yeah, very impressive. Oh, yeah. And I think she had one of the fastest last laps, uh, which seems to be a bit of a or starting to become a, a strength of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if she can work a little bit more on her ski or uh, shooting speed. Mm-hmm. Um, man, she can be uh, can be one of the how would you say that outsider contenders? Yes. Yeah. Where it's yeah. not a surprise, but you, yeah, she, and, and I mean, who knows, she, she might have a similar season to Legrite where in her second season, everything uh, gets, you know, a bit more complicated and, and not mm-hmm. as new and, and exciting as it was in the first year. So who knows, might go down a little bit, but uh, great yeah. to see her up there. Yeah. More pressure, more expectations, but yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Um, we've been watching her steadily climb all season long and, um, you know, she, she's going to get a win eventually. I, I really thought it was going to be, I mean, she was in the 12th bib, so she was sitting with the lead for a while, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, dodged a couple bullets, but, uh, you know, uh, it was just, uh, just some say. Well, considering, you know, the age of Herman and Preutz and, um, Hintz, Mm -hmm. they're not old by any means, but I mean, you're definitely, you know, getting to the point where some people start asking about retirement and that kind of thing. So, I mean, in a few years we could have, uh, folk and, and Hattik. Um, yeah, so it's not looking too bad for Germany. No, no. And, and then they also had, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, I think, but one of the best, uh, juniors women, uh, as well. So, you know, they got, they got a little talent coming up. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, they're uh, yeah on both levels, but uh, we'll get into that later. But and then uh, Carolina Knotten from Norway, mm-hmm. um, often in the shadow of of uh, Roisland and Ekoff and Thundervolt, and uh, you know third place, excellent uh, racing, only two seconds less than two seconds behind Folk. Yeah, um, was kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, I know. Well, she was way back. She was bib 53. And, and mm-hmm. by that time I was thinking the race was pretty much, you know, winding down and, and then there she was shooting clean. And, and, uh, she actually, I think left the range with the, the fastest time. Um, and she clearly didn't have the legs on the last lap and it was, it was hard to watch her kind of fading yeah. backwards, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it tied her career high. Uh, so look, you can't be, you can't be upset with that. No, for sure. And it's it's always at the end of the season, right, where you see a bit more surprises. Where, mm-hmm. um, yeah, either younger one, uh, younger athletes, or just the ones that are often in the in the shadow of of their uh, top athletes in their nation are are shining. And um, just nice. I really like like the end of the season for that for that reason. Just uh, yes. some surprise wins and podiums. So, absolutely. Yeah, you get some the sort of the the. More variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, the girl we talked about last week, uh, Yislova from the Czech Republic. Yes. In the 16th spot, shooting clean. Yes. Yeah. It was nice to see. Do you have Urban 14th spot, shooting clean? Yes. So, yeah, yeah that was her, uh, her World Cup career best. Nice. Yep. So, uh, she obviously did better at the Olympics, but um, yeah, for the World Cup, that was her, that was her best. And then when we scroll all the way down, 
Um, <laughs> I do want to mention Yulia Harodna and uh, yes. Olena Harodna. Sorry, that's um, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Um, I, I didn't oh, okay. mean to laugh. I didn't mean to laugh at them. No, I, I'm incredibly proud of them. Yeah, just uh, you know, just obviously the current situation, but to be only 20 and I think 17 is the, 17. the one. Yeah. To, uh, to, I, I think somebody drove them through Poland to, uh, to this event and, and uh, they had no experience on the world cup so far. And actually uh, I think only the older sister, Yulia had four races in the IBU cup even. Yes. So not a lot of experience there to then uh, to just make your debut and uh, on the World Cup. And uh, what a what a great experience for them and and the guts and bravery to to do what they did is uh, very very impressive. I am incredibly I just, proud of them. Yeah. Uh, I I I just uh, it's a uh, so impressive for what they did. I like just like you said. Um, yeah. I they they didn't have to do it right i mean nobody would have blamed them for not doing it mm -hmm. uh, but you know they went out there and then they raced they they raced for their country and um i thought that the crowd was very supportive of them as absolutely well. they, yeah they got they recognized cheers. it right yes it yeah. was it was clear to them that uh they were racing and and obviously for a reason yep. and i don't know do you think uh that the IBU made an exemption that they were allowed to race? Because I, I don't so. know, is it pretty much anybody who is registered with the IBU can participate in the sprint? I'm assuming not typically. I I have to imagine that there's some qualification. I don't know. I'm I'm just just making that up. And I it would it would seem to me that the IBU would have made an exception, but maybe not. Maybe uh maybe if you have the the positions you can insert anybody you would like to. So Yeah. Um but Still, to, to, yeah, first World Cup and with everything they, they've had to go through and then shoot, shoot uh, two misses I know. only. And then, and then yeah, clean on the standing shoot. I, that, was, uh, yeah. that was pretty neat. Yeah. So that yeah, was great to see. And I think the, the other thing I was going to, what you were probably thinking of, was our uh, Polish friend. <laughs> yes. Magdalena <laughs> Gwizdon. Gwizdon. I don't oh, know, my goodness. Probably not Gwizdon, but uh, yeah. Uh, I felt so bad for her that her last shot was a miss. Uh, yeah, the look on her face was like, oh, no. I know. Uh, it's like, you know, not that she was in a position to win, but um, yeah, would have been nice to see her. That was incredible. I loved seeing her out there. And, mm -hmm. and they celebrated her at the end. I think she got a yeah, couple yeah. of flowers and, and a nice a nice cheer. I, and, and honestly, the smile on her face uh, was was something else. Did you yeah. notice by chance who she finished behind? Uh, she was right behind uh, Lisa Vitazzi by uh, uh, five seconds. I Just, did not uh, notice that. Yeah, I thought uh, that was interesting. Uh, yeah. Not, not that I, not to say anything about Vitazzi. Just, it just she is somebody we have talked a lot about. Uh, mm -hmm. I just thought that was unique that they were so close together. Yeah, and it's funny because I mean she's so the uh, Gwizen is uh, forty-two, I believe. Yes. So yeah. obviously, you know, went for the long run. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you follow cross-country skiing at all, but uh, it made me think of uh, Teresa Johog, who is yes. retiring early 30s, yeah. winning her last race. Totally different way that of was, doing it. Yeah, so uh, so impressive um, 
to be able to to do that not only just be good enough to win but also to say you know and this is it for me and i don't know what her reason is maybe she wants to have a family or i don't know what it is but uh yeah to not feel drawn into it because you're still so good right yes and, uh, i mean um i didn't know that uh, magdalena Gwizen had actually two wins in her career and uh i think her best globe standing was 15th quite a number of years back but uh you know to to be always be part of the the world cup and and uh always a, a solid part of the the relays yeah for that long it's uh yeah it's pretty amazing it is amazing um we don't often see somebody competing in their 40s in any sport um no you know, so that's just it's remarkable um yeah i i'm uh look i'll, I'll tell you what it um sort of puts things into perspective for myself a little bit. I am not, not quite into my 40s, and, and sometimes I feel like I am uh, old and broken down. So, uh, <laughs> look, if she's still out there doing it, then, then I, I know I can too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but let, let's just say that I'm older than her. Yeah. Eh, but, man, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're 43. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, mentioned Vitazzi missing again in prone. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, nah, hopefully she can just finish the season and, and come back uh, with a fresh mindset. And, but Justine Brezaboucher also five misses. Five misses. That was uh, not not sure what was going on there. But and our friend uh, Stina Nielsen. Yep, five misses. So I I was going to mention her as well. Yeah, she did not have the magic this week. No. Okay, shall we go to the next day? The yes. mass start for the men. Mass start day. What a, uh, the men's mass start race was uh, was just really fantastic. Um, you know, obviously uh, Christensen uh, coming away with the win, but it was really the way he did it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, he just has so much uh, mental toughness in these these critical shooting moments. Yeah, um, I mean, this is how many times now that he has gone head to head with uh, QFM with a win on the line and he shoots clean and, and gets away for the win. Um, and that last lap, that was, that was, I mean, I'll tell you what, I was anxious and I was not going to be upset no matter who won. Yeah. And it didn't seem to be a track where it was really easy to like in Kotilati last, last weekend, we had that steep hill where a lot of yes. people made, you know, a lot of differences either, getting caught or catching people and it didn't seem to be as much here in uh in autopay but um to me it really felt like christensen had it all in control he he it almost felt like he he knew fiona was going to try to chase him down and he let him mm -hmm. get close to a certain point and then just sped up a little bit and and just uh you know wow. it seemed was... to have it under control and that was that, that was really impressive and he so so after the so far after the Olympics, he's he's been very very good, great shape. He really and, has. And the shooting has been awesome. So it's interesting you mentioned that because was it during the Olympic relay that um, uh, I think it was was Fionnay was upset with him for not coming when they, I think they were trying to chase down uh, Latipov. And, oh uh, right! And Christensen wouldn't come forward. He was just gonna he was gonna do that lap at his own speed. 
He's, yeah, that was with uh, Narath, I think, from yes. Germany. Yes, was also yeah. in there, and yeah, yeah. and then uh, Fiume just kind of stopped, and you take the lead, and yeah. they, <laughs> they're they're like, nope, he's like, yeah, whatever, it. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, he's just you know he's he's gonna do his own thing, and mm -hmm. you, I think you're right. He he had a he knew what he needed to do on that last lap, but um, oh man, I mean Fiume was he was just slowly clawing back ground, and and but he could just never close down the final gap. No, um, and uh, he seemed quite was... pissed off. Yes, my he did. <laughs> well, it had to be frustrating. You know, he he was so close, but just out of reach the entire time. Yeah, but I don't know. You can also just that accept true. that somebody's is a little better than you that day. But, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, especially because QFM has won how many times? Like, you know, yeah, it's okay to be second sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, well. Hey, and, and really interesting uh, rest of the top 10, really, is uh, Bakken oh, yes. coming in third, uh, Giguna fourth, also not really expected. Eric Lesser, no. he did already uh, have a good race in the, in the sprint and uh, fifth now with one miss. Lukas Hofer right behind him. Uh, yeah, Philip Fjeld Andersen doing some really great racing in the latter part of the season. Jacqueline was better. Uh, than yeah. the sprint race. So, yeah, Legright showing his uh, current season form a little bit in, in <laughs> yes. this race, unfortunately, with three misses. But, uh, yep. yeah, it was a good um, finish of the race. You, I like those races where, okay, maybe this was not that they were right close together and went down the wire with a final sprint, but you still were kind of on the edge of your seat, kind of yeah, keeping it, track of this, the, the timing all the time and seeing if it was getting closer and... Yeah, it was, was really cool. It was not decided. Um, I got no. a, a screenshot, right? And it's right as Christensen hit his last shot. And you had uh, Fionmae, Jacqueline, uh, Hofer, Bakken, and uh, Guigone uh, all on the range at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and so in theory, right, if Christensen had had a miss, um, any of those guys would have been ready to to pounce up there and, and mm -hmm. go for the win. And, and even still, I mean, that's six guys you know, even with Christensen going clean, five of them fighting for, uh, fighting for the last two podium spots. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a fun mass start. Yeah, for sure. That's what you want to see. Yeah. And I, I will say, look at, I mean, uh, Bakken and, and, and Philip, uh, Phil Anderson are really uh, doing well these last few weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, <laughs> we'll get onto that a little bit with the relays as well, but uh, yes. yeah. yeah, it's very impressive. And then uh, I already mentioned uh, my I, maybe my second favorite thing from the race was actually Australia and and thirtieth with his mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, appreciation for the crowd. Yeah, no, and and yeah, it was. Uh, I got the impression that that the crowd was very aware of you know things like uh, people that were retiring. Yeah, just seemed to get some extra attention, so to speak, and uh, yeah, I don't know, it was, it was great atmosphere. You know, that's a good point. We talk sometimes about smart crowds, um, just being aware of the, the situation. And for, for someone that's never hosted a World Cup event, it was a very uh, engaged uh, and, and aware crowd, just like mm -hmm, you said. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it helps too with, because uh, I think, you know, Norwegian fans, French fans, German fans, where the sport is so big, they, they just seem to know more than just, you know, their local athletes and, uh, so having them mixed in the crowd too really yes. really helps in that aspect. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, the other mass start, the women, also a pretty exciting race. Absolutely. And um, for some reason, during the race, I thought that Elvira was kind of out of it in the beginning already. But, so did uh, I. Looking back at the results, you know, obviously she shot zero one zero zero, so she couldn't have been out very far. But uh, it was even it was not so much the misses for me. She just didn't look like she had it from a, you know, there was I think I can't remember if it was the, it must have been the fourth lap, um, where or the third lap. I, I, she had a chance to be near the lead or try to catch somebody, and instead. She was fading backwards, and the chase pack was catching her. Yeah, and I think that was I, the, the third lap. She looked when really I saw tired. That, yeah, when I saw that, I thought, "Oh man, this is not going to happen for." Because based uh, on that third lap, I I was also very, uh, I wouldn't say very convinced, but I was kind of expecting Herman would catch up with uh, with Oberg. But then I don't know. She just seems to Elvira. She seems so able yeah. to still ski hard when she is out of energy and tired. Yes. Yeah. It's somehow she's able to, to like drain the tank and then drain it further. It was great. Another podium for her. So, uh, you know, she's, uh, I mean, Roisland was third, so not gaining a lot of points, but she, she's still, still, still possible. The, the globe has not been decided yet. So, uh, well, and I would, I would also say that, right. Um, it was a the last lap. I mean, uh, Roisland was only a couple of seconds behind her to start the lap, um, mm-hmm. and just like uh, QFM, like he, she couldn't close the gap. Elvira just maintained it, and um, yeah. you know, just just pulled away ever so slightly, and just never let anybody anybody back in it. Well, and a cool battle too between Roisland and Herman. Yeah, you know that was decided in Herman's favor in the final sprint. But uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 And Lynn Persson, uh, or Persson, very close behind as well. Unfortunately for her, just outside of the, the, the podium, but uh, still a great race, directly followed by Preutz, who uh, seems to be really getting back in, in top form. So hopefully she can uh, convert that to uh, a couple of podiums in, uh, in Oslo. Absolutely. Um I, uh, I I feel bad for her that the season is ending so soon. Um, yeah, because it really feels like she's starting to build back into top form, and uh, it felt almost like a fairy tale moment. Um, you know, when she was leading going into the the last shooting, and uh, it would have been amazing for her to come all the way back to win a mass start like that. So I know, yeah, uh, just just wasn't to be. Um, I, I I also wanted to mention that I know you talked about Lynn uh, Pearson at all uh, as well, but. Uh, she's had a great last few weeks as also. I mean, she looked very solid in the Olympics. Um, and I, I liked how she looked last week. So, um, you know, she's, uh, I don't know if this is going to be who she is going forward, but um, at least, uh, uh, at least right now, um, she's, she's been very solid. And she, last week she was 10th in the sprint and uh, not as good. I mean, 14th in the, in the pursuit, but still, uh, those are, those are pretty good finishes. And then, Throw in a, a fourth place, so um, I think that she's well, had a, like a, what a, second and a half from second, right? Yes, exactly, and, and a, a season to uh, close to this season to remember, and definitely something to build off of going next year. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and some other, uh, let's see. I thought, you know, well, we talked about folks so much. I'll keep it short, but uh, the only person the only on the day that shot clean. No, not on the day uh, for the women, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. it shot clean. And then Breza Boucher, she was flying on the course, but she had three misses, <laughs> so uh, couldn't convert that. Gosh, she's so fast. Yeah. Yeah, when she has her date, and man, yeah. she's uh, definitely and, one um, of the faster ones. It would be nice to, if she would ever get into a, sort of a last lap with Elvira. I know. I would love to see just a, a, a flat-out race. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ekhoff, eighth place. Yep. Um, two misses, and, you know, obviously not where she would like to be, but uh, considering where she was earlier this season, that's not bad. Um, yeah. Hannah, a little disappointing maybe on the ninth, but not bad yeah. still. Uh, yeah. Julia Simon, five misses. Yeah, um, but might might be related to an injury. Uh, there was there was a couple of things going on. I didn't see yeah it was the, a... uh, the fall with Julia Simon. Um, I did see two athletes where one tried to sort of cut inside in a corner, and uh, they basically tripped. And the almost funny part was that uh, one of the athletes tried to get up quickly and move, but her ski must have been caught <laughs> under the the body of the other. Person yes. lying on the ground. I'm pretty yeah. sure one of them was uh, uh, on the inside corner was um, Thunderbolt. And yes, and I, and I think it was just Loba as well. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I I still don't know 100 for sure because the uh, by the time they get to the to the camera, the camera zooms out and goes somewhere else. So um, yeah, couldn't 100 confirm it, but uh, yeah. So that was one fall, and obviously uh, Yislova didn't do all too well, even though she only had two misses. Yeah. Uh Ton Revolt twelfth. So that's you know, it's not bad. Yeah. Less than a minute behind and that and that fall must have taken at least twenty, twenty-five seconds out of her. Yeah. It uh, took him a then, while to get untangled. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But then do you know who Simon it was Deirdre Irwin, was right? Irwin, yep. Yeah. Yep. So I, I totally missed that. I have no idea where that happened, but apparently uh Julia Simon's knee was uh yeah. not feeling great and um I think I read somewhere that she gritted her teeth and and wanted to finish just because of the crowd. But uh, yeah, she didn't look great. No. Yeah. So uh, and then the report came out after the race that uh, Simone had the the knee sprain. She's on the start list for this week, I guess, or she's on she's she's listed as one of the competitors. But we'll see if she actually races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although you would think if they if they put her on the you know they select her in the team that she would actually race. Cause otherwise I'm sure they have some young people that they would want to give a chance. So yeah, that was, Hopefully. that was my thought as well. Um, so hopefully it, this turns out to be more mild than, uh, was initially mm-hmm. feared. Yeah. And they, I mean, I think the top nations get two or three extra spots, I think for the last race of yeah. the season. So maybe they yeah. just, uh, didn't need it, but yeah, let's hope that it's not, uh, not bad for her and that she can race again. And did you, was there something going on with uh, Ida Lien? Uh, did she break her rifle or something or? Something happened. I, I am not, and I was never able to track down exactly what. Yeah, but me neither. This was, I don't ever remember a race like this. There were only 30 women on the course. It's not like it was a pursuit, but everyone was apparently just crashing into each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then let's go on to the Sunday where we uh, had the mixed relay. And uh, I was, this was actually, I don't do that too often, but uh, for this one, I really was very curious to see what the starting lineups would be. Because of course we had the, the mixed relay mm -hmm. followed by the single mixed. So you can't really use one athlete for, uh, for both races. And um, for a lot of countries, I was really curious to see if they would just put all their top athletes in one race and kind of mm -hmm. give up on the other one, or if they would try, try to uh, spread it out a little bit. And I, it seems like they uh, they did the latter. And, um, and yeah, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Bakken and Christensen having a great end of the season, and, and uh, Bakken still uh, pretty new to the to the World Cup. And... Uh, Having a having a great race, only three spares. Christensen only one spare, and then Ekhoff and uh, Thunderbolt, who uh, who finished it. I was a little surprised not to see Rosalind in there, but you know, worked out for the Norwegians, winning the winning sure the race with over twenty seconds ahead of Sweden. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, couldn't couldn't have asked for anything better. I mean, they had the they had the lead from the beginning and yeah, never gave it up. It wasn't even all that close. I think. Uh, Bakken was was ahead by about twenty seconds mm -hmm. um, at the first exchange, and that was that. Yeah, I don't think it ever got closer than that. Yeah. No, and it never really felt. I mean, with Ekhoff this season, I'm always a little bit concerned about her shooting, but uh, yeah, you know, she only had to, she had to use two spares, and that was yeah. was good. So, and then Tanner Revolt, you know, she I think she did She's... an anchor leg, uh, another in another race this year, hey. Just just last weekend, it was her versus uh, Elvira going down the right. Okay, yeah, yeah, and uh, so, uh, she she beat her then too. Yeah, no, she's proving to be uh, pretty pretty cool, cool headed. Yeah, I mean, put Christensen and and Tandervold in your your anchor legs for Norway, uh, and you're doing okay. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Sweden did very well. Um, I actually was not, I didn't predict them to do as well. Um, you know, just with. Uh, I just hadn't. Besides Elvira, hadn't and and Pearson. I their men just hadn't been doing very well, and I was worried that they were going to be too far behind. But uh, just for Nellen and and Ponsaloma, mm -hmm. uh, actually raced very well. Uh, I think just uh, five spares between them, but they were never. I mean, they they were within twenty five seconds at the at the exchange to the women, and you know that's probably what they what they would have hoped for. Yeah, um, especially with with Elvira as the the anchor leg. Um, but you know, Tangervold, like you said, she was excellent. So even with Elvira having a pretty good race, just wasn't able to close the gap down that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, France in third. Um, I don't know, not much to yeah. say other than that uh, Justine Bréjaboucher only had one one uh, spare, so that was good <laughs> for her. Absolutely. Uh, Germany in fourth with uh, probably Roman Reese disappointed with his five spares yeah. but you know at least still no penalty lap and then uh czech republic they, in fifth space, uh, place that was uh really nice yeah. to see yeah I, I i enjoyed that um uh i was going to go back to germany for just a second but sure, uh, yeah, yeah. had had zero extra shots so she mm -hmm. was a perfect uh 40 for 40 shooting on the on the weekend yeah not bad um, we also had some some interesting names pop up. Uh, Slovakia finished in sixth. Yeah, um, and that was their their best uh, relay finish in, in quite a number of years. And 
Bulgaria and Romania were were near the they ended up 10th and 12th but they were near the front of the race for for several legs actually um, and and uh, they were they were very close I think Bulgaria was just uh, one leg away from from their or was it Romania was one leg away from maybe one of their best finishes ever so they were in the uh, in the picture a lot it was yes. it was really cool to see that they were uh, you know leaving leaving the range in like third spot and yeah. Uh, just, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. the suits that you just don't see very often. So it was, was, was cool. It's I, nice um, see them there. about 17 times during the race, almost typed Slovenia for Slovakia because the oh. flags are so similar. And I just, yeah, kept getting me tripped up. I'm always getting tripped up with, uh, Estonia. Um, well, yeah, Lithuania, Latvia, and, Lithuania. and it's just because in, in, uh, Dutch, they're very different. It's oh. Letland, Litauen. So Interesting. it's just not even close to uh, to what they are in English. Oh, that's and, funny. And obviously, I don't have an idea what they would be in their in their own language, but uh, <laughs> I always struggle with that. But uh, um, and then the yeah. single mixed relay, the last yeah. race of the Sunday and of the weekend, and uh, Norway on top again. Yep. And, uh, I think it actually. I didn't know they had the single mixed relay and the mixed relay as one competition sort of, or one globe. Neither um, did I. It seemed yep. like Norway and Sweden were very close uh, mm -hmm. in the beginning behind Russia, I believe. Yeah. But obviously uh, for well-known reasons, they uh, didn't gain any points. So this is Norway that etched out Sweden and uh, Legreit now back to his previous season's form again so only one uh reload and voiceland no reloads at all so yeah that's uh <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very a, impressive for a, a recipe for a win right there yeah yeah and then uh, obviously with uh, some very good skiing with that too so yeah and the single mix is such a weird race i mean because yeah um, i'm kind of on the uh, fence on it yeah it's it's the laps are so short mm -hmm. um it's just it's a strange race i i don't even know it almost feels Maybe we should save this for later, but it almost feels to me like a like a sideshow, like it's sort of like a an interesting exhibition during the uh, during the season. Yeah, it always makes me think of uh, uh, what they call it, Auf Schalke, when they go to uh, during Christmas. They have that race in the yes. Yes. Schalke That's soccer exactly stadium. It. Yes, and I think it's great for that, where you know it's all very enclosed and and you can see the athletes the whole time, and yeah, like you yeah. said, very short loops. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's uh, it's exciting at the same time. I I I can't really get overly excited about it. It's kind of a weird weird feeling about it. I I agree. Yeah, I I I don't. It 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 feels like it's it's similar but not the same sport at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, not, I don't know how to. Explain feels like it. it's not part of the World Cup, but it's it's entertaining to watch. Like you said, yeah. it's sort of a sideshow. With all due respect yeah. for the athletes, but uh, yeah, absolutely. It just. The laps are so short. It just is hard. I mean, it's a it's a shooting contest, really. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was entertaining. Sweden with uh, Samuelsson and Hanna Oberg second, and Germany uh, with Lesser and Poitz. Another bronze medal for Eric Lesser in his. Uh, hey, and, and I, I will say this: How about uh, how about Canada? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, pretty happy about that. I uh, had a. Good hopes for them and 
we're just one spot where below from where I put them, but uh, yeah, no great result. Italy <laughs> with the Hofer and Vitazzi at a yeah. interesting race with three penalty loops and, and 10 spares, but still coming in fifth. Oh, because Vitazzi had yeah, she had what, all the misses in the world and that that yeah. that one that one shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Let's not spend too much time on that. But yeah. a little disappointed hey. in uh, Austria with uh, Simon Ader and, and uh, Lisa yeah. Hauser. Well, also speaking uh, of teams with a penalty loop, mm -hmm. Lisa Hauser, what are you doing? Yeah. My my, uh, my fave. Um, but Slovenia in between Canada and Austria, another another good finish mm -hmm. for a sort of a, a non-traditional team. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. Did you notice, uh, Dorothea Vier, uh We are not in either relay. I noticed that. Yeah. I wonder if she's just uh, she she was uh, pretty clear last week that she was very very tired. So I wonder if that yeah played around the decision. Yeah. I can't say. I Blame her. I mean, she put so much, so many uh, eggs in the basket of of building for that that medal, and she got it right. So I'm sure there's, yeah. there's physical and emotional exhaustion as well. Could be, could very well be. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed in uh, Belgium. I know that they haven't been in uh, in great shape, but I think it was the maybe the second or third World Cup of the season mm -hmm. where both uh, Floan Cloud and uh, Lottely were, you know, doing really well and. Um, yeah, I think they had a pretty good result then. They did. I, for, I yep. forgot what, what it was, but uh, I think they so. were. Uh, it was a uh, sixth place. Okay. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I was kind of hoping yeah, that they a... would uh, be able to repeat that, but yeah, wasn't gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, it just wasn't. I think they started out with the penalty loop, and and they mm -hmm. never really picked it up from there. Yeah. I think it's in this race. I think if you fall behind, it can be very hard to get back into it because oh, totally. Yeah, unless you ski, shoot everything clean from there. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you really have to. Yeah. All right, should we uh, move on to the rolling of the dice? Let's do it. Okay. We got 25. All right. And Ooh. that is Benjamin Vega, Benny Beard on the men's side, and Lotta Lee on the, oh. uh, the women's side. Benny Beard. Oh. Uh, retiring on us, it makes me sad. Yeah, I don't know who else is going to carry the beard in the podium or in the podium, <laughs> in the in the, uh, in the in the in the group. We we saw some sad ones. We saw some some little beards, but uh, nothing nothing as glorious as as Benny Vager's beard. No. Oh, you know, I I was. We'll we'll jump into his his whole career, I'm sure, but uh, he, it's been a bit of a, a more rough year. He's struggled to break into the top ten. Um, he had some better finishes to start the season, but I was really happy to see him uh, get in yeah, eighth place in the sprint this week. Um, mm. You know, I, I I think I've spoken about this in the past. You know, uh, I've always lumped him together with Ader, just as as the kind of guys that I expect to see shooting clean and uh no not skiing as fast as everybody else to put it nicely um right and uh you know so i, I there's a, a piece of my heart for those guys because it's just uh you know they sort of need everything to go perfect to to win but they're still out there you know really uh competing hard and and um anyway i just he i've been watching him since i really got into biathlon right his uh he really started um you know breaking in 
around the the Vancouver Olympics. And that was when I, you know, I'd, I'd watched biathlon beforehand, but um, he, uh, that was, that was when I really jumped in with both feet and um, yeah, he's been around since then. So it, it's going to be difficult for me to, to let him go. Yeah. It's going to be uh, weird not to see him anymore. And uh, I also, you know, we talked about Stalder uh, being an up and coming athlete for the Swiss mm-hmm. team. And um, I just kind of, he was, he was just always there, right. As a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe never, never one of the top athletes, but uh, he would, there was always an outsider chance that he could, like you said, if everything worked out for a day, he could be in the top three yep. or top five or yeah, he could be up there. And uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I share that. I it's sad to see him go, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, him in the same breath as uh, Simonator because they kind of feel like the same generation. You know, those people that have been around so so long and and yeah. uh, so many races. But uh, then I just realized he's still seven years younger than uh, I know Simonator, but uh, <laughs> he's only thirty two. I mean, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know he's, uh, I, he's younger than me, which is astonishing. Um, I, I guess we always have that. It, you know, where we realize people are younger than us, but it, it feels like he has been around forever. He's, he has 264 individual races and 79 team races. And I'm looking at it now and he only has five career individual podiums. And that, that seems impossible to me because I feel like I have just seen his name so many times that of course, you know, he's, he's been up, you know, been up there higher, but um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be hard to watch him or to, to not see him you know, popping up here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm looking at his, uh, winter Olympics results and the world championship results. And, uh, his best results are sixth in the Olympics in both the individual and, uh, and pursuit in Pyeongchang. And then, uh, for the world championships, his best results are fifth in the individual and, uh, fifth in the, no, not sprint yeah. race, the SR. I don't, Oh, the single relay, of course. Yeah. Uh, that was an Antholtz. So uh, not too long ago, actually, 2018, 2020. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's one of those people where I kind of feel sad for not being in a better nation. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he has 79 team events at the World Cup level and uh, one podium. Yeah. yeah Although, you know, during that time, I think Swiss, Switzerland had uh, good, good women. I just don't know if there was many men. I can't really think of any top Swiss athletes in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But hopefully I'm just missing something and or somebody. But, uh, yeah, it's always no, unfortunate. I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, it feels like if he could have been uh, a German, you know, then he mm-hmm. would have had some some more medals around his, uh, around his neck or hanging on his podium now or hanging on his mantle now. But, mm-hmm. um, but on the, on the flip side, maybe he would have never made it to 79 team races because there would have been more competition, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, if he was German and he might've been overshadowed by, you know, others and maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as sad to see him go. True. That's yeah. true. The beard will be missed. Yeah, uh, certainly. <laughs> Yep. Now we gotta hope somebody else can can grow a big one. <laughs> big old big old bushy beard with all the snow in it. I, honestly, that's just uh, it's one of my favorite parts about biathlon. But. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I keep thinking, oh, that's not fair to say that, but uh, I don't know if he still has it actually, but uh, it seemed like Le Wright was trying to grow a beard <laughs> for a little while. He was. It was uh, a little patchy. <laughs> um, yeah. Samuelson actually had one this past weekend, and uh, it was uh, eh, middling. I'd give it a C. Yeah. They have a they have a whole week still to uh, yes. to learn the tricks from Wega. <laughs> yeah, they got the off season too. Maybe they can yeah. <laughs> get some help. Okay, and then on the women's side, we have Lotte Lee, of whom I only just learned either today or yesterday that she used to race for Norway. Oh no, kidding! Um, not sure if that was in the World Cup, but I'm pretty certain that I saw her show up either in the IBU data or in the youth and junior data as a Norwegian. Oh, I had no idea. And if I go to Biathlon results and quickly look her up, I wonder what it says for her birthday or birthplace. She is from Levanger and her residence huh. is in Lillehammer in Norway. So no kidding. Might be one of those athletes that we uh, talked about a little bit with roots in two countries. Yes. And uh, yeah, being, I'm sure, happy to uh, to come out for, for Belgium, especially if she's still training in Norway. Oh, I shouldn't make that assumption. Her residence is there. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, she's also training there, but wouldn't be completely unthinkable given the fact that there's not that many opportunities in Belgium itself. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, this has been something of a, uh, at least the early part of the season was sort of a, a coming out uh, party for her. I mean, she she had some pretty good finishes early in the season. Um, you know, she had a, a 15th, a 19th, a 16th, and two 13th places. And, um, and she's faded a little bit the, the back half of the season, but um, she showed her potential, um, you know, at, at points she was ranked in the top 15 of the overall. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, she realized actually very much like, uh, the bearded one on uh, <laughs> clean shooting, uh, to, to do well. And if she's not shooting as clean, then, then she's going to struggle a little bit, but, um, yeah, yeah, you can see sort of a path. She's uh 26. So a couple of years older than, than, uh, Vought, but, uh, you know, if she could add a little speed and she could follow the same uh, pathway to success um, as, uh, as as she has. Uh, yeah, and she, uh, she has some decent results, uh, both in 2013 and 2014 in the uh, Youth World Championships mm. with the fourth and the fifth in the individual and another sixth in the relay. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely possible, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's just... Finding the finding the consistency and um, you know just uh, building up the building up the endurance a little bit because it looked like she peaked probably in the in the first trimester and then yeah. slowly just hasn't hasn't quite had it as much but um, yeah I I, I I first noticed her you know back in the early part of the season and I've enjoyed uh, following her and, and I've got my fingers crossed for her. absolutely all right shall we move on to the power rankings yeah let's do it. The power rankings. Okay, so let's uh, jump into the power rankings, and um, 
you know, this is a, a difficult time for the power rankings because, you know, we, we mentioned um, a little bit earlier that when you get to the end of the season, you can start to have some uh, uh, some some different uh, top tens, uh, some different people uh, popping up in there, and and it can be a little bit harder to figure out, you know, exactly who you feel is, uh, you know, deserving of being in the in the top ten of the power rankings and who uh, you know who who you should drop down. So, uh, you know, I, I did my best. So I'll, I'll run through them. Um, and, and just so everybody remembers, um, the, the general, uh, idea about the power rankings is, uh, the person ranked number one, uh, is if there was a race today, that's who I would expect to win. Um, and then, you know, if that person wasn't in the race, then the, the number two person would become the favorite and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, that's just, just how to think about how I've, how I've ordered them. And, uh, We'll run through them and then we'll we'll pick out one or two to, to chat about. Okay. Yep. All right. So uh, for the men, uh, no change in the top slots. Uh, I, you know, with the with the win in a second place, can't justify moving Quinton Fiume out of the the top spot. Uh, number two, uh, Christensen uh, is gonna is gonna keep his second spot, uh, especially with that with that powerful mass start victory. Um, and then we start getting some some movement. Uh, Eric Lesser. Uh, up from the fifth spot into the third, uh, Benedict Ole, uh from six moves up to four. Um, we have uh, Lagreed moves from ninth all the way up to fifth, and then things get really wild. Uh, uh, Bakken uh, moves into the rankings uh, at the sixth spot. Lucas Hofer uh, in at seven. Uh, he was not in the rankings last week. Samuelson dropping from fourth to eighth. Jacqueline from ninth. Uh, from third to ninth, excuse me, and then Ponsaloma from seventh to tenth. So, uh, any anything? There was a, a lot of movement there. Anything stand out? Anything that uh, anybody wanted to just to take a, mention, a moment to mention? No, it, it, I can definitely um, live with that list for sure. Yeah, there's nobody who's really standing out to me that are, is missing, and I think uh, the movement is is uh, is good. And, and yeah, the for someone like Bakken to uh, to come in, um, you know, he he's just been showing great great form, and uh, I could totally see him being the top five in the next races. So, um, yeah, I, I I resisted him last week. Uh, I just couldn't do it this week. He, you know, he's he's doing too he's doing too well. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I think after Conti Latte, I kind of wanted to see if he could do it again. Um, and and he certainly did. So, um, look, yeah, I think he I think he. He belongs there. Um, I, and then I, being I, in Oslo too, right? So exactly. Yep, he's got the the home crowd. So that's what I think. Uh, you know, if he he could definitely back this up with another another top five or even a podium uh, this coming week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just I just like what Hofer's done really since uh, the Olympics. Yeah, um, he hasn't been you know winning races, of course, but he had a podium last week, and he's just been been steady and solid. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And then for the women, um, uh, there's a, a relatively. Sorry, big... can I just go back to the men for one second? Please, um, yeah, absolutely. Are you? Do you feel that Tariabo is completely done for the for the season? And and I'm, I mean that with all the respect that he deserves. Like I can still see him in the top ten and stuff. But do you think he's kind of done? I think so. Yeah, I, mm. You know, it's hard to say. I think with the with with it being in Oslo, um, maybe he he's got something else. But I think he was looking a little tired to begin with, and then. And then he was sick uh, mm-hmm. for a week. I, I'm not. I'm not. I will be interested to see what he has in the tank, but I, I wouldn't count on anything. Okay. 
Okay, sorry about that. Yep. Wait no, oh no, I, I, that's a that's a really good point. He's he's sort of the obvious name that that's missing. Uh, for the women, um, Elvira Oiberg moves into the top spot. Um, she has been pretty steady in the the number two spot all season long, but um, she was better than than Roisland uh, all weekend, uh, including that that last uh, lap of the mass start where she started with a two second lead and and held up the the whole way. Um, I, I was very impressed by that, and I think that you know when I when I get back to what the the power rankings are all about when when they line up at the start, I think you know two weekends in a row of Roisland having sort of less than her her stellar self, um, and and Elvira uh, still showing she can get the wins. I, I think that I have to put Elvira at number one. Um, and the then obviously thing I read about Roisland, by the way, um, yeah. So apparently she had said in an interview. Um, on the Norwegian TV that when she came back from China and she was kind of relaxing that she got so caught up in the whole situation around Ukraine mm. that she just uh, was lacking the the motivation to really do much more than just uh, relaxing, well, relaxing in a different way, but physically relaxing, I guess. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and especially mentally just to to be able to focus on the racing when she got back to Kontiolahti was, uh, was really hard for her. So I thought it was a uh, was an interesting uh, little bit of uh, insight that you makes you realize that these athletes are also just human beings and get affected by everything outside of biathlon just as much as everybody else. So, you know, I I really appreciate that because um, you know we spoke about that you know how kind of weird it was almost to be talking about biathlon, um, mm-hmm. and so I can't imagine you know especially trying to get yourself back into racing, and and then there's also the she came off of the extraordinary high of winning all those medals in, in China. Um, yeah. It might be a little bit, especially when you have such a big lead in the in the overall standings, kind of hard to find the the motivation necessarily. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 uh, that almost makes me like her. In fact, it does make me like her more. You know that she is struggling with the same things that we are. Yeah. Um, in the third spot, uh, Denise Herman. Uh, I, I, you know. I think that she has she's definitely part of this top tier of of women here. I mean, especially over the last three weeks, she has two wins and five podiums, which is just as good as anybody else has done. So, um, honestly, if she were to win a race in Oslo, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, she's always been fast, but she's she's really shooting well recently. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's been that's been exciting. And speaking of shooting well, Vanessa Bacht, uh moves up to the fourth spot after another great week. I mean, she finished sixth and second. Um, so can't, uh, uh, you know, can't be surprised by anything she does at this point. Um, she was an eighth last week. Uh, Tyrell Eckhoff comes from the third spot, drops down a couple spots down to fifth. Um, and, and, and this is sort of, there's a, uh, I would say a, a, a invisible line between the top four and everybody that comes afterwards. <laughs> um, just because I think when we get down here, I really struggled with putting them in any sort of, uh, order, um, just because there was so little that really seemed to separate them. For for Ekhoff, she stayed in the fifth spot just because of what she had done just so recently in Kontiolahti. I had uh, Hannah Uberg in sixth uh, place, moving up from ninth. I mean, she had two more top tens. Um, it was kind of a strange top ten. I never felt that she was really in contention to win, but um, I can't argue with two top tens, so I turned there she as well. Wrote, and she looked really happy and relaxed 
She did. I found yeah. like yeah. when we were talking in the beginning about people that, that are athletes that looked really happy, like she totally stood out as an athlete that I hadn't seen smile this much in the last couple of races. And obviously the, the Olympics probably didn't have a very positive impact on her mood. Um, so yeah, I can, I can, uh, I was, was happy to see her smile and, and, uh, see her excited and, uh, and relaxed. Absolutely. And, and, you know, she did get those two top tens this week and I, I was a little dismissive of it, but you know, that she hadn't really been performing that well in a few weeks. So I'm sure for her, you know, clearly some, some thing, some pressure had come off or I don't know, she was definitely feeling better and, and racing more like her normal self. And second in the single mix too, right? So yes, absolutely. Yeah. And she looked good, right? She, mm -hmm. she looked good mm -hmm. in that race. Yeah. And then, um, Bump it down. Uh, this is uh, when things get a little little bumpy too. Uh, I'm moving uh, Francisca Porza up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, I, I loved what I saw uh, in her uh, return uh, in the mass start. Um, yeah, I, she was really one shooting away from a win. Which you know, if she had gotten the win, she probably would have been uh, up a little bit even higher on this list. Um, in eighth, I had Tangible um, and. It's not that she's done anything spectacular. It's just that she's just been pretty steady. Um, she had another fifth uh, place in the sprints and a twelfth place in the uh, in the mass start. So um, you know, kind of doing doing better than the rest, and then finally finishing up with uh, Chevalier Boucher and uh, Brose Boucher in the ninth and tenth spots. And and I'll tell you what, I just don't know what to do with them. It seems <laughs> like any race out, uh, they could be great, they can be terrible, and I have no idea what to expect. Um, yeah, well, you could add Julia Simon to that as well, right? Uh, besides yep. that, we don't really know how she uh, how she's doing with her knee. But I left her off the um, list because when I honestly when I made the list, I didn't expect her to be racing. Um, and right. I, if I was going to add her in there, I'd probably put her in above uh, somewhere in the middle in the in the Ekoff range. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, but I just don't know what to what to expect from her knee, so right. I just left her off entirely. Yeah, I think uh, looking at your list, I. I probably would have put Preutz even a little bit higher. Yeah. Just feel like she, uh, you know, That's she's right. one of the few athletes that, that is uh, more rested. Yeah. Um, and she's just been showing her, her, you know, top form and, and uh, shooting is good. So I'll tell you what, as, as I was reading through it just now, I was thinking to myself, man, I, I probably should have put her in fifth. <laughs> I had the three Germans in a row. Yeah. Cause I mean, Ekhoff, I can totally see Ekhoff win, but I'm not really expecting it. I, I think yes, her, yeah. her shooting is still not quite there. And, yeah. and again, if she has a great day with only one miss or no misses, then yeah, of course she's going to be right up there, but um, yeah. be nice to see for her, especially in Oslo. But Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're right. I think uh, Poitz is probably a little bit under, under, underrated. Yeah. Well, she's, speaking she's of underrated... You want to move on to our uh, under the radar athletes? Absolutely. Let's do it. Under the radar. And the first athlete I would like to bring up as under the radar is Tsukasa Kobinoki from mm. Japan. Uh, has been around actually, you know, quite a while. I'm going to. Pull up the numbers here, and but uh, athlete thirty years old, 
has been doing 128 World Cup level races, 78 individual, 50 team races. Um, but when you look at the stats uh, since 2014, it's all been gradually going up, upwards. Uh, both his, uh, his skiing, his skiing has flattened out a little bit, but in the last couple of, uh, well, basically this season, he uh, he's made some more progress there. His race rank has gradually been increasing. His shooting rank has been gradually increasing. So uh, I don't know, like the Japanese athletes, you don't really hear much from them because they're, you know, they're not typically in the top 10 or anything, but uh, mm. still, you know, uh, it's one of those athletes who are probably away from home for seven or mm -hmm. eight months of the year just to be in Europe racing on the World Cup. And uh, he's actually a really good shooter too. Like his uh, prone shooting uh, in the last five races is ninety uh, percent, yeah. and total shooting eighty-seven and a half. So, uh, you know, no slouch by any means when it comes to shooting. And, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just thought you know, just uh, be nice to give a bit of attention to the to the athletes like that that you don't hear a lot from, but uh, that are always there to perform and uh, and uh, and do their best in the racing, and and obviously he's been around a, quite a long time, so. No, I think this is perfect. This is exactly why we have this category on the podcast is because we want to highlight people that uh, maybe we're not thinking about as much. And I think you mentioned this. He's got 128 races um, and he has never finished on the podium. But I will say this. He had his very best uh, finish this season. Uh, in the very first race, he was ninth in the uh, in the individual. And and actually of late, you know, if you look at his his recent finishes as well, uh, last week, 34th and 35th, this week, 26th and 27th. So, um, you know, getting himself into the mass start, uh, no, nothing to nothing to be upset with. So um, he, he's he's been a steady performer for for a couple of years now. And um, I, you mentioned like he's he's been getting better and better. Um, if you just yeah, seriously, we, we talked about real biathlon on on every uh, podcast, I think, but it's worthwhile to to keep mentioning them. Um, just just as we've talked about before, go look at the um, if you look at his performance per season and look at his rankings. You can see everything is is on the upswing, except for you know the the ski rank is a little leveled out, but but everything else is is moving uh, trending upward. So mm -hmm. um, he, he definitely has more room to grow uh, on on the skiing. So um, yeah, he's, he's thirty. His career is not over by any means. No, um, we could definitely see a, a little bit more improvement, and uh, but it's, it is nice to to recognize these guys who um, who we don't talk about as much. But uh, the 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 World Cup, it just wouldn't it wouldn't be the same without them out there. Absolutely, and and uh, I mentioned shooting. Like his total hit rate and percentage uh, per race is. I have to go back to December twenty twenty in Kotiolahti. He had forty percent total hit rate. Mm -hmm. After that, it's never been lower than 70. Huh. That's incredibly consistent. Yeah. And his I last... wonder what happened in that race when he went 40%. Yeah. I mean, it could be just a horrible day for shooting. I, oh, I, it, been, it doesn't yeah. show what, uh, what other, Everybody else. other people did. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's something to be pretty proud of if you, uh, you know, 90, 100, 90, 90, 75, 90, 85, 85. Like that's. That's where you want to be as a as a biathlete with shooting. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely, yeah. And and he's on track. He's uh, on track to finish in the top ten of shooting. And and not that you necessarily get an award for that, but that's something to be proud of. Absolutely. 
and then we already mentioned, uh, you know, our, our other under the radar athlete, uh, Caroline uh, Norton, uh, Norton uh, a little bit earlier, but um, uh, just you know, it's it's worth mentioning again uh, because she does get forgotten. I think uh, you know, obviously behind the the uh, star power of uh, Royce Lennon Eckhoff, but you know, I so I would I would argue you know that she's been surpassed at least in, in the amount of t- attention she gets by uh Tangervold and, and lean as well so she's really you know the the fifth um the fifth woman out there and um she's been sort of dropped from the from the relays as well uh recently but um she is she's still she's out there every week and right and it's not like she's just uh packing it in she's not not uh not pouting she's still trying to get better and and you know we just saw it again she's uh with the with the podium finish this week and she's only 27. I mean, who knows what we're going to see? She's got a great program around mm-hmm. her. Um, yeah, you know, if there's any program that uh, that, that knows how to how to build you up, right? Um, the the Norwe- Norwegian program is that. So um, definitely, she can improve in her her ski rank, as we definitely saw in the the last lap of the the sprint race, uh, falling off a bit. But um, you know, if she can uh, gain some gain some there, um, who knows? I mean, she might might move up a little bit. And on the other hand, it's tough because because she's got uh, got to fend off the the young Norwegians that are going to be coming up too. Yeah, and I think that must be. I, I for me, it's a really a, a under the radar athlete, right? Because um, for any other nation, she'd be mm-hmm. you know pretty pretty good athlete to have on your team, and it's just because she happens to come from a nation where. You know, there's just so many good athletes that uh, she doesn't get all the attention that she may deserve. But um, yeah, to be in a position now where you know the the people in front of you, oh, at least Roitland and Eckhoff, are dropping some some texts here and there where you might think they are uh, thinking about retirement in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. but then you have these these young guns coming up already. So it's uh, almost feels like there's never the right moment for her. I know. Yeah, and just sort of, uh, sort of stuck. She was just uh, either a little bit too old or a little bit too young. Yeah, and you know, she's. You mentioned that for for any other nation, she would be one of the top. I mean, she's she's twenty seventh in the overall. She's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's just you know in one of the in one of those one of those top squads. And we just talked about uh, shooting on the men's side, but uh, she also has a current form for the last five races of uh 90% with mm-hmm. 92.5% for uh, for prone so um it's going it's going well with her recently and um yeah, hopefully she can uh, she can continue that next week in Oslo yeah uh last uh, last two weeks she's gone 11th 5th 3rd 26th i mean a top 10 in Oslo's definitely not out of the question no no for That'd sure a lot of fun for her. Up and coming athletes. Okay, um, we go to our next topic: the uh, up and coming athletes, where we usually try to focus on one athlete who uh, either comes up from the IBU level or that stood out in the uh, the youth and uh, junior levels, but. Uh, this week we're talking about two athletes, and we've mentioned them before: the uh, sisters from Ukraine, Horotna, 
or Chorotna, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but um, I did look them up a little bit deeper um, on Real Biathlon. Mm. And um, the races that they participated in, other than obviously this, this World Cup for Yulia, who is uh, 20 years old, so the older of the two, um, she's done a lot of... Uh, junior and uh, youth racing this season and also in last season she did have some IBU cup uh, level events as well in the uh, in 2021 January of 2021 so uh, in the uh, Arbor IBU cups mm -hmm. didn't uh, uh, reach the top tens but her uh, Standing shooting was actually really good, 80%, 100%, 100% and 80%. So mm. um, definitely yeah. okay. some uh, some good results there on the shooting aspect. Um, obviously, with uh, with athletes that, you know, have one World Cup level race under their belt and, uh, and, a, and a little bit of IBU, there's not much we can talk about, um, you know, as we also don't know them personally or know much about them. But I still think, um, you know, it's nice to see kids basically come up from the youth and junior level, perform at a World Cup level, and not be completely blown away. And yeah, you can say, you know, in the sprint, they were, I believe, second last and fourth uh, last. But, um, you know, who knows? Uh, five years from now, they might be, you know, being in the top 10 on a regular basis I, i'm not i'm not predicting that i'm just saying that that's not out of the uh out of the possibilities either so uh yeah i just you know given the situation that we're in i thought it was would be really nice to uh, to give them some extra attention as uh, as up and coming athletes and hopefully we'll uh, we'll keep seeing them more in the uh the next couple of seasons coming up yeah absolutely i mean they're 17 and 20 and they're from a nation who's not, uh, you know, it's not like they're coming up in the, the, the Norwegian youth or the, you know, the German youth program or something like that right there. It's not, not, I would imagine as well funded as, as some other youth programs. And, and really right now they're, they're pretty much doing it on their own. I think they're getting a little bit of support from the, from the Czech Republic, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, we, we, you mentioned their, their previous finishes and really we don't, we don't have that much, uh, information about the, the younger of the two, um, you know, as it being 17, she just doesn't have that much, um, you know, that many career races. She's got a few junior races, uh, that, she, that she's done, but, um, I, I, I think that if I had been in their situation, um, I am not sure if I actually would have gone out there and raced. Um, so I, I think just from a, you know, don't even think about like the, the statistics, like the, the shooting percentage or like the, the ski speed, but just knowing they have that, that mental fortitude, uh, to go out there and race with the, the top mm -hmm. women out there and yeah. they just went out there and did it. And, and I, I, I come back to that time and again, and I'm, I'm just, I'm very impressed that they, that they, that they did. And another thing though, is that they're, they are really young and, Athletes in general will have a moment where they, you know, they, where they, where they have their, their growth moments. Right. And, and, um, you know, uh, we don't know when that necessarily is going to happen. I think we spoke 
I don't remember if this was offline or last podcast or even on, on Twitter, but we spoke about uh, Elvira Uyberg and, and when, if you look back at her races from when she was in juniors, um, you know, she was not the fastest. In fact, right. she was more known for shooting clean and, you know, being slower. And that is almost laughable looking back now. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. We could be looking at, you know, three or four years down the road and these women could be, you know, getting uh, top 15, top 10s in the IBU cup. And, um, you know, we, there it's not going to be a direct uh, uh, line from, from this moment to there. But um, I think this, this proves a lot to me that, that the, for the, the mental fortitude part of it, they've, they've got that down and, Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I will be definitely cheering for them and, and rooting for them as they go forward. Yeah. And I mean, I'm purely speculating here, but from, from the one picture I saw on Instagram, it seemed like they were traveling with a friend. Um, and I can imagine at that, at that age racing, you know, you're probably usually surrounded by parents or coaches and that kind of thing. And, and to, to go out to your first world cup, um, I don't know if they'd ever been in Ottawa, but, uh, you know, to go out there and like you said, they, they got some support from, uh, from the Czech team, but, uh, to pretty much be on your own and, and in the given situation, I have tremendous amount of respect for them. So. Yeah. I, um, I let's just, hope I, they'll be up and coming. I um, can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine, uh, you know, even going out there and, and, and I don't know where their families are or what their family situation's like, but yeah, you just hope everybody's doing okay. Mm-hmm. The general topic. All right, let's move on to the general topic. We uh, we had a couple listed here, but uh, going back to the atmosphere in um, yeah in uh, in Ottawa, and and it stood out to me that uh, first. Seba Sebastiansen gave his flowers to a girl in the crowd. Then mm-hmm. uh, Hannah Oberg surprised a little boy that was standing there by just, you know, taking off her medal and, and giving it to him. And, and the, the look on his face was just priceless. It was. And you could just see it developing in his face that he started to realize she's actually going to give that to me. It was awesome to see. And then I saw an Instagram post later on that Elvira was uh, posting or uh, posing with the uh, with a girl, also from uh, from the crowd yeah. with, that she gave her medal to, and uh, yeah. I, 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 it's funny because um, you know I've seen it before where people give their medal away, and and uh, I'm kind of mixed about it. Like on the one hand, it's like, well, you just you just earned that, and it's almost like uh, by giving it away, you don't show that that you care much about it. But then in a situation like this, I mean, there are obviously way more important things, and and you know, you could argue that the smile on the kid's face is is way more valuable than, you know, a medal of which they have plenty. And and uh, you know, for them, it's all about performing in a World Cup and the, the the Crystal Globes and that kind of thing. And and of course, medals are nice, but um, I think when you have the opportunity to to give back to 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 the crowd in this way and and uh, to share that with uh, with some children that are also there, I think it's just a fantastic gesture. So. They made me uh, lean a lot more towards appreciating it and uh, and not thinking uh, too negatively about you know maybe not showing enough respect for the medal, so to speak. I completely agree. And um, you know you never know. We, we talk about uh, you know the the 
Borodna uh, sisters and how young they are and where they'll be. I mean, you want to, this could change those, those kids, right? They, they might be like, you know what? I really want to do biathlon now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have no idea what that, what kind of uh, impact that's going to make. So I, I thought that was very cool. Um, I just, just, uh, I, I, I also think about it now uh, from the parents' perspective. I mean, uh, seeing the smile on on their kids' faces right when they get to to take pictures with absolutely athletes. I mean, that had, that had to be an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about the uh, the amazing crowd there, so uh, I think we can move on from there. But um, there was some news about the IBU athletes committee. Um, mm-hmm the new members and they get voted on uh, by the athletes, if I'm not mistaken. So this yeah. uh, upcoming season, or I guess from now on, we'll have uh, for the next year, at least we have Seba Samuelson and uh, Johannes Kuhn for the men representation. And then um, Tondra Volt and Claire Egan on the women's side. Yeah. Uh, I think Claire Egan was already on the, on the board or on the, the committee. She was, yep. Uh, so she continues uh, being a member. I did hear that there was, I think, only three men and eight women to choose from. Hmm. So uh, in that sense, maybe there should have been three three women and one uh, man on the board. But uh, I think for gender equality representation, they uh, probably put two and two. Yeah. And... Um, I think the other people on the board retired. I think Eric Lesser was on there. Yep. Oh, no, there was um, one of the Swiss Gasparin right. sisters. I think the youngest one was actually on there. So oh, was it really? I, I don't know why she decided. I don't know if she was just not voted on again or if she was uh, had decided that, you know, her, her job was done, so to speak, and uh, made room for somebody else. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh yeah, sometimes it's just nice to get a new voice on there. Oh, maybe for sure. Maybe yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, and it's I, I like that there's a an athlete from from the USA uh, or you know representing the the nations that are not the Norways yeah. and the Swedens and the Germanys of the yes. of the, the World Cup. So I think that's uh, important, right? When we talk about representation, it's not just you know men and women, but yeah, you, you know, you have a voice there that is from from you know somewhere that's not you know one of those one of those big nations. Right, and and Claire Egan. If anybody doesn't follow her online, like she's she's, I appreciate her a lot. Um, yeah, she's uh, very outspoken and and she's a good leader. So um, I know that she is retiring, but I'm glad that she's going to be continuing on on this committee. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Talking about retiring, um, mm. any news there? What a week! We lost uh, two more this week. Um, Monday it was. Uh, Dominic Windish, and then on uh, just today, uh, with this afternoon, uh, uh, Simone Detu, uh, Detu uh, posted that he was retiring as well. So, uh, two more big names: um, uh, Windish, uh, a medalist from the 2018 Olympics, and quite nearly pulled it off again this year, um, and uh, in the mass start, if I remember correctly. And then uh, it feels like, I mean, Detu feels feels like he's been around for. Um, a decade now. Um, and he actually he he his career peaked. He he finished pretty high in the overall rankings four or five years ago. I think he was as high. Was it third place? He was very high up there. But um, 
yeah, those are those are two big, uh, two more big big names from the from the men's side who are going to be retiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I heard that uh, Tyrell Akoff has uh, basically said that she will not make any decision until spring. Mm-hmm. Um, not alluding in any way if it was going to be, you know, leaning towards one or the other way. Um, so I think that's good to uh, to tell people, you know, don't yes. don't bug me until then. So uh, hopefully yeah. she'll she'll continue. And then uh, I did want to mention. Um, uh, so one of our our friends on Twitter, Christian Wolf, he uh, just kind of. Uh, sent me a tweet when I when I posted about uh, Simon Ader and he said, you know, are you sure about him? And I and I tweeted that too, but I must admit that uh, I did um, get it from a video of the Team Austria uh, Instagram account, I think, in which he seemed to elude that uh, this was not just his last Olympics, but also his last season, but he didn't specifically say that. So uh, I just wanted to to bring it up and say, you know, even when we're talking about um, retirements, that in some cases, like Simon Destieu was was in a news article where he clearly said, "I'm going to retire by the end of the season," but that we also don't always know exactly for 100 uh, percent about the person we talk about. So sometimes we uh, we have to go by some information that we get on Twitter or Instagram or or other sources and. Uh, that may not always be true, so please don't take us uh, too, too, too serious. Uh, we're trying to give you the best information that we can, but uh, we may not always be right uh, based on the information that we have. Yeah, and and if we get it wrong, like uh, you know, uh, you were saying that, don't uh, please on on neither side, don't get mad at us that we had it wrong, or if you're if you are the particular athlete, you know, if we if we heard the wrong story. Um, we, we're not doing it maliciously. It's just, uh, you know, we're doing our best. You know, we're, we're, there are a lot of sources out there. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes it can be hard, especially in biathlon, uh, because uh, uh, it's not like, uh, you know, if you're watching, uh, you know, football or soccer is what I mean by football um, or, or basketball. You know, the, there are going to be a lot more, you know, plugged in sources out there and uh, they're going to be, you know, having all the information. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's one of the nice things about biathlons. It's more, uh, more intimate, uh, yeah. uh, smaller. So, uh, you know, we don't always hear everything. And, uh, you know, and I even in football, you still see that Brady yes. decides two months later to, <laughs> to not retire. <laughs> to unretire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think that's going to be, I, I think one of the reasons getting back to Uckhoff, I, I really like her decision is gets her some time just to, to make a decision. She gets to get away from the season and decide, do I really want to, do this again? Do I want to, you know, do all the the training all throughout the summer? And, and if I'm going to commit to next season, am I committing to four more years to go to Italy again? Or, you know, what, what, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of figure out what, what she wants to do. And she did just get engaged this past uh, winter. So there's a lot going on in her life. So yeah, I I think that's an excellent decision. And I would imagine there are a handful of other athletes that are going to be following the same path, you know, giving themselves a a few weeks and months before they really decide Mm -hmm. if they're going to, come back again well and you know it's especially for for some of the women if they uh they like to have a family i mean we've seen athletes that uh that took a couple of years out to uh to have their babies and then came back in some cases even stronger and uh yeah you know that's a that's 
must be a tough oh decision God. where you're oh. an athlete in, in a, I can't you know, who's doing really well in a certain sport and you also want to have a family, then you're going to have to make some tough decisions. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like we saw Ratova. Um, she was all, all last year and then she came back this season and looked better than ever. Yeah. So uh, I honestly, I'll say good luck to everybody who has to make that decision. It's a, it's a very difficult decision and, and you know, I hope, I hope everybody makes the decision that's the best for them. Yeah, and and I mean, like we've uh, so far, I think all the retirements that we brought up, we're we're usually sad about people leaving. So it's not uh, like you said, yeah, in, of course, not in any way to bring out bad news about anybody. Yeah. So yeah, um, we're, we're we're not we're not we're not <laughs> we're not cheering on anybody's grave. We're not uh, no we're not trying to kick anybody to the curb here. We wish everybody could race forever. Yeah. <laughs> It's always hard to it's hard, it's always hard to say goodbye. Plus thirty league in the IBU World Cup. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe something I can still compete on. Um, no, I, I think that would good. that would bring Olina Bjorndalen back again. So. Yo, <laughs> that's true. I would I would get because <laughs> he's only close to fifty. So I mean, I'm sure he's got a lot of races <laughs> in there. <so. laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the last topic: the stat of the week. Can you get it done in seven minutes? <laughs> Is that how much we've left? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll give it a try. So okay. uh, last week I talked a little bit about the work that I was uh, was doing. And, uh, and again, I want to apologize to our listeners that I haven't really put up anything yet. Um, I'm going to not list all the excuses that I came up with. But um, I can't tell you and promise you that I am still working hard on the... Um, youth and junior athlete analysis that I'm doing. And I've also combined that with an IBU cup analysis. Uh, so all the athletes on the uh, performing on the IBU cup level this season, and I have done the data analysis. I've worked on the visualizations. It's just not quite ready. Um, but when it's ready, I'll definitely post it and write an article about it and share that on, uh, probably next episode. Um, but what I have been looking at is basically uh, both on a nation's level and an athlete's level, how they compare uh, on on the one hand the shooting percentage and on the other hand the uh, shoot or skiing speed. Pardon me. And um, I think it's really interesting to see how nations uh, develop from the youth and juniors to the IBU Cup and then kind of where we know they are in the uh, the World Cup level. And of course, you know, once you start aggregating between uh, multiple athletes within a nation, um, you know, you have to start taking it with a grain of salt because, I mean, it could be that there's 10 athletes that are really close to the same level or it could be 10 athletes that are all over the map and just happen to um, aggregate to the point in the middle. So... You know, you have to keep that in mind, but I still think it's interesting to uh, to look at it. Um, so what I'm going to propose, and again, I apologize for not having more information, but what I'm going to propose is I'll promise that next week I'll have it posted. I'll have it uh, on Tableau Public for everybody to look at, and then we can maybe do a bit more of a deep dive. And because uh, the IBU Cup and the Junior and youth seasons are over and then next week we'll also have the uh, the final weekend of the world cup so i can hopefully do the same type of analysis at that level so then at all three levels we can compare the uh 
the nation's performances over the last couple of seasons and uh, look at some athletes that are standing out at all three levels. This might need to be a podcast unto itself. It is. Um, I, I, I have gotten a, a, a glance uh, to, to I've gotten a, the opportunity to look through some of this and it is uh, it, it's actually, it's an enormous amount of work. I, I am actually impressed that you've been able to get it done as quickly as you have. So, um, you know, thank you for doing this night. And, and I promise you guys, when when you do get a chance to look at it, it is 100% going to be worth it. This is fascinating um, to to really see some of the the data and and how it's uh, how it's been uh, put together. I, I you know I, I've said this before, but um, you know RJ's brain just works in a completely different way than mine does. And I think his ability to put data onto paper or uh, onto a, a screen in a way that um, helps you understand it. Uh, is 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 very impressive. Uh, my my brain doesn't work like that, so um, uh, it's a it's a huge help uh, to me. Um, like I said, y- you are all going to really enjoy this when you get a chance to see it. Thanks, I appreciate that. No, of course, no, it's, it is, I'm not just blowing smoke at you. I'm I'm 100 serious. Like this is it's really really impressive, and I I can't wait for everybody to see it because I know it's going to start a lot of conversations. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Okay, shall we uh, wrap it up with that? I think so. Before we go, I have uh, one question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any sentimental favorites you have? Uh, anybody you want to see get a win uh, in these last couple of races? Oh, my God. Or a podium? Um, can I name multiple? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric Lesser, for sure. Same for me. Simon Eder. Um. I was going to say folk, but she has so much potential for the future that I'm going to save the podiums for people that are, that I'm sad to see go. Um, hmm. There's one woman that it totally escapes my brain right now. So I'll, I'll throw in while you're thinking of it. Uh, uh, I also had uh Lacer and Ader and I also said, um, uh, Poitza, just because seeing her come all the way back would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about uh, uh, Tandra Vold, um, seeing her win on in Oslo just after you know everything she went through, and I think her career might be over. That would be that would be nice. Um, and then I also thought of um, uh, Hofer, just for the same sort of reason as Poitza, mm-hmm. you know, oh. having had a, a bumpy bumpy start. And I was thinking of Doral. Yes, yes. If yeah. she could finish uh, the season, and again, I don't know if she's going to retire, but if she could win one more race in Oslo, yes. And then if she desire, de- decides to retire, that would be uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's an excellent uh, excellent answer as well. Um, yeah, those so are maybe those we'll squeeze ones. in a, a win for folk too. Yep, <laughs> just for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? Uh, it won't be too picky. <laughs> All right. Thank you to all our listeners. Um, we need to work on our goal, Jordan, of uh, making these about an hour long. Hey. Yeah, I think they're getting longer. I think uh, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be going over two hours pretty soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the summer, yeah. I promise, guys. Over the summer, we'll be shorter. Yeah, and uh, we got some really cool plans lined up. So uh, looking forward to that. So thanks everybody for listening. If you really like our podcasts, um, depending on where you listen, I think there's uh, usually options to. Uh, hit a like button or hit some stars. So uh, 
the more stars, uh, the better, of course. Every star is appreciated if you have the time yeah. for that. And uh, looking forward to the next go. one after Oslo the last weekend of this season. Can't believe how fast yeah. it went. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Um, you know, I, absolutely. More stars stroke our egos. We definitely need it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe we're, we're coming to the close. But like you said, uh, a lot of really good uh, big plans for the summer. And I'm, I'm actually I'm really excited about those, too. Okay, man. Hey, take care. Thanks. Yeah, you too. And Have a good uh, week. we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye.